0: comic book storylines. I'm Brian Zornsen, aka Brian the Comic Book Guy. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. We're talking under the red hood. It was an amazing storyline in Batman's history where all of a sudden Jason Todd was back. If you liked last week's episode, you're going to love this episode. Hit that subscribe button though so you can get every episode when it is live. So today we're going to be covering the rest of Under the Red Hood, which starts off in Batman 641, and we're going to go through Batman 645 through 650 because it skipped a couple of issues. It was weird that it did but it's given a couple issues. And if we do get time, we're gonna go into Batman Annual 25, that's in the graphic novel of Under the Red Hood, where it talks about how actually Jason Todd came back to life. So we pick up right where we left off, Red Hood had pinned Onyx up against a wall, and he stabbed her in the shoulder, and he's getting ready to proposition her to join him. So Batman is trying to find out where they are, he's triangulating her position, Red Hood's got a jammer on it, so he's even more worried, and he's telling Alfred, crack the code, we need to find her. So he's telling her that he really needs somebody to join him. She's uh, she's trying to struggle out of the knife, and he's like, you know what, there's two things I can do. I can pull the knife out, and you can run away as fast as you can, or I can pull that blade out all the way from your shoulder to your head, because it'll hurt like fire for 15 seconds, and then you'll be dead. And he said, you can join me in my fight. He goes, I'm kidding. Don't you just hate it when guys say garbage lines like that? I mean, he's trying to like really screw with her. He does end up pulling a knife out and putting a towel on it and telling her to put pressure on it and everything. And uh, she's trying to get some strength to get back up. He goes, This is the part where you try and stop me and I beat the crap out of you. Batman comes down. And he goes, No, that's not that part. And he goes, Wow, I didn't even hear yourself, land That's awesome. You can be just so quiet, can't you? So then you start shooting at him, naturally. So it's a run-through with alleys and, you know, uh, back uh, roads of Gotham City, obviously, because that's where Batman likes to operate. And uh, he's using some of his toys to try and get Red Hood. Uh, Red Hood is always prepared for it, but Batman still manages to uh, take him down a little bit. He ties uh, a rope around his legs, but he's ready for it with this shock, with this uh, taser. And he fries the line. Batman gets a little shocked. Uh, So he throws some, like, little bombs at him. And uh, he ends up flying up to a rooftop, where they continue to fight. And it's it's pretty one-sided for a little bit. Red Hood is actually taking it to him. And he starts taking his knife, and he starts scratching Batman's cowl. And he does end up managing to rip it off. And he says, look at you. We should just keep things even. So he takes off the Red Hood... And it is indeed Jason Todd wearing his little rotten mask that he wore back in the day. And Batman's just like, you can't possibly imagine that I believe this ruse. He goes, you know what? I think you've known for a long time. We fought at the graveyard. Now, if you remember in Hush, there was a moment where it looked like Jason Todd was in the scene, and Batman didn't believe it because it ended up being Clayface. But he is explaining everything that goes on now. He goes, You felt it when I switched with Clayface. That fight began with me and ended with him. But now I'm standing right in front of you. He goes, No, it really is. So he takes a knife and he slices into the back of his head. He goes, Here's some blood, even some tissue. And here's some fingerprints. He puts his hand all over, like a little battering. And he goes, What is this about? That's Batman talking. And he goes, You, Bruce what you are, and what I will be. He yeah. goes, I I want to be you, but you're, the way you're supposed to be. You had If you had killed Joker years ago, beyond what happened to me, you know what? You would have saved this world. And they just go on and on, because obviously he does have a grudge against the Joker, and the Joker to kill him and everything like that. And he's mad that Bruce didn't take care of that situation. So he makes a getaway. His uh, mask ends up blowing up, Red Hoods, and Batman goes back to the Batcave, and he does all the analysis, and it shows everything says it's him. But he's still not believing it, which is really weird why he's not believing it. So uh, Batman is getting ready to walk away, and Alfred's like, Would you like me to remove the Robin suit? Because when Jason Todd died, uh, Batman kept his Robin uniform in this big glass case in suspended animation. And Alfred's like, Do you want me to remove that? remove that from the cave? And Batman's like, no, leave it. It changes nothing. It doesn't change anything at all. So we see in the next part, we skip ahead a few issues, and it starts up in Batman 645, where Bruce Wayne is in the cemetery where he buried Jason Todd. Uh, Alfred is kind of like laying this cover on to workers that are guarding everything, and Batman ends up digging up the grave. He needs to know for sure. Now, while he's doing all this, he's having flashbacks years ago when he first met Jason Todd. And he was impressed with Jason Todd because he left the Batmobile in an alleyway while he was dealing with some bad guys. And Jason Todd managed to steal the hubcaps and the tires off of the Batmobile, which he hadn't gotten to reconfigure everything. He's impressed by this, so he's getting ready to go back and take a look at this kid because he's got some potential. And then he's flashing back to the first time he donned the costume of Robin. They went after Captain Boomer, hanging a bunch of guys, and he just showed how impressed he was with his performance and how he liked everything. He goes, I really liked having him out there. And we see Batman, he's still struggling to figure this out. Alfred says, you're approaching the 80-hour mark. That would be well over three days without any sleep whatsoever. You're pushing your body's limit too hard. He goes, I'm fine. So we see him. He dug up the casket, and we see what happened. Batman had put a bunch of sensors and all these things in case any of his bad guys tried to dig up Jason Todd. He goes, I put three sensors in here uh, so no one on Earth could have removed them. If the lid was open, I would have known about it. All these alarms and everything. He pretty much rigged the thing to go, and he's still not believing. Obviously, there's nobody in the casket. And he's just not letting go with this. He goes, I must have missed something. I'm starting over. So then he's flash-forwarding to a moment where he started to realize that uh, Jason was a bit of a loose cannon when uh, he hurt a bad guy pretty bad when he was supposed to interrogate him. And they kind of had an argument in the Batcave about it, and you could see how hot-headed Jason Todd was going to be. And he goes, you know what? I've been pretty stupid. Blind, arrogant, careless... I know this is the same coffin. This is the very one we we buried him in, and I've overlooked something that I cannot explain. I've missed something, and now I can figure it out. There's never been a body in this coffin. It's the only way that this could have happened. So you're like, dang, that's pretty harsh. Then we fast forward to our next chapter, which is Batman 646. Uh, there's a bunch of punks in an abandoned building with a pretty big drug lab going on, and Batman breaks in, breaks it up, and everything, and sees that it's rigged to blow. Red Hood is definitely watching from where he's going. He goes, you know what? I wouldn't freeze that Bruce, and you can hear him through his. Uh, he can hear him through his uh, cowl headset. So he's definitely figured out how to break in. He's got cameras all around. And he goes, I never get tired of watching you work. So he's definitely been watching Batman. He jumps out of the building just as it blows up, and he's like, man, I love watching him work. And you can see that Red Hood is continually trying to upset the Black Mask's, uh way of doing things. He's blowing up buildings. He's blowing up shipments of arms and everything. He's just going through. And Black Mask is getting really ticked off. He's going to his, his guys like, you want to tell me why this guy isn't dead? You know, this isn't acceptable. And they're like, you know, we don't know how this is going out. We don't know how he's doing it. And he's like, can you feel it? We're in some kind of crossfire. Batman's not taking care of this guy. Maybe because he can't. He can't catch him either. We're stuck in the middle of a crossfire. Now, just after he says that, he's looking out his window. And he sees the Red Hood with a rocket launcher across the, the way in a building across the street aiming a rocket launcher down in his office building, and he's waving at him. It's kind of a funny part, and it kind of mirrors a part in the cartoon that we talked about in the, the first part, the animated movie that goes along with this. This is one of the scenes that is actually in the uh, cartoon. Uh, he ends up blowing the whole office space up, and, Red Hood, and everybody, or Red Hood goes away, and Black Mask is like, I don't know how that happened. And uh, he's like, sir, one of his guys said, sir, what happened? And he's like, it's impossible to breach our system. And he goes, and yet the entire top floor of my building is a giant soot-covered stain. He goes, do you understand what's going on? The Red Hood is being taking has been taking our trade. He's grabbed our territory, destroyed our goods, killed our people, and now he's coming after me. He goes, my control, my command. We need to get this guy down. So then, just as he's saying all this we see Slade Wilson, Deathstroke the Terminator. He goes, okay, Deathstroke the Master Assassin is here. Uh, Let's see what you have to say. And he tells Black Mask that there's a collective, and it's called the Society. He goes, maybe we can help take down Red Hood and Batman. Now, they're both monitoring this, Batman and Red Hood, and they both go, "Ah crap, because you can see a split scene where they both go, dang it. Let me get to Batman 647. Uh, Alfred is really concerned about what's going on with Batman, and Batman just keeps coming back to the Batcave, trying to figure out what to do, goes back out on patrol. So we see uh, Deathstroke. He's talking to the Black Mask. and He goes, okay, I've got the guys that'll take Red Hood out. And it's some low-level bad guys. It, people that have followed DC throughout the years would probably know it, but if, if you're kind of new to the storyline, you wouldn't know who these guys are. Uh, it's a guy who's actually called Captain Nazi, and a character called Hyena. And, uh, Red Hood's just like, these are, these are my heavy hitters, what are you talking about? And, uh, apparently Captain Nazi is blind, but he's been, like, cybernetically enhanced and everything. And Hyena is, like, a person with, like, the body of a hyena, but can, like, really sense everything. And he tells Black Mask that there's another a Lester that's about to head down. So we get to one of Red Hood's guys, one of his main guys, the lieutenants from the beginning where he offered them the deal, and Black Mask guys are getting ready to kill him. They bring him out to the middle of an alleyway, and Red Hood's like, okay, you got my attention, what's up? And that's when the A-listers and the B-listers come out, and they start attacking Red Hood. He's like, oh, look at this, I've been bamboozled. So he's fighting those two guys, uh, Captain Nazi and Hyena, And uh, Hyena gets ready to take him out. Batman comes in, and uh, he comes up against Red Hood, and he goes, "Uh, what took you so long? Couldn't you decide if you wanted to let me live or not? And he goes, shut up and fight. So here's some spectacular things. And if you watch the animated movie, it's really good, too, because they instinctively remember when they were Batman and Robin. It's actually amazing to see this. They work in conjunction like they used to practice all the time. They are fighting these bad guys, and they manage to take both of them out. You know, relatively easy. But it's because they knew each other in practice. But then another guy comes in, it's a major A-lister at the time called Count Vertigo. He instantaneously drops both of them with like this Vertigo thing. But Batman has his cowl set, eye shields, and earplugs, and he tunes in the Red Hood's frequency, and he goes, "Do you have any injectable adrenaline?" He needs to stab hyena with it, so he takes a shot. Batman takes a shot at uh, Count uh, Vertigo, gets a little bit of blood and skin on his costume, throws it at hyena, and Red Hood throws the adrenaline at hyena, and Batman punches him with the Count Vertigo's scent right there. So instinctively, hyena goes after Count Vertigo. So they uh, they both you know they take care of each other. And while that's going on, the, the Captain Nazi dude, he holds Red Hood. He's getting ready to break his neck. But Red Hood takes a taser right to his cybernetic eyes and kills him. And Batman's, like, really ticked off about it. And Red Hood's getting ready to leave. He goes, I'll leave you with this. Ask yourself this question. Who's more predictable, you or me? Because he knows what Batman's going to do. And then he leaves, and Batman's standing over everybody and goes, this is time for it to end. We get to Batman 648 next, where Alfred's kind of having flashbacks of Jason Todd as well. And he's doing that as he's uh, looking at a package that he gets in the mail. And the package says B and A, Batman and Alfred, or Bruce and Alfred, just two to add to the pile, cheers, Jason. And it ends up being a package, and he opens it up, and it's uh, strands of green hair. And while that's going on, Black Mask is talking to all of those lieutenants that he's had before. You guys are my right arms, my second-in-command, the go-to guys. You've all been underperforming of late. I have to say, I am disappointed. So he's getting really ticked off, and he gets them all in the same room, and he kills all of those guys because they've been failing him. Red Hood comes out of nowhere, and Black Mask goes, You happy? And Red Hood goes, I'm getting there. So, Alfred is opening this package from Jason Todd. He goes, it's a green lock of hair, and the DNA goes, okay, it's the Joker. He goes, what does the card say? It's an address. Give it to me now. Let me see. Black Mask and Red Hood kind of arguing and everything. Uh, Red Hood takes him out, handcuffs him and everything, after a pretty pretty massive fight. I mean, they're having blow for blow, and uh, Black Mask thinks that he's got Jason Todd, the Red Hood, but uh, he's just, you know, messing with him until he can finally strike the last blow. But he ends up stabbing him right in the heart, just as Batman comes up. So you're like, wait a minute. Black Mask could actually take out the Red Hood. And Batman walks up just in time. And we're like, that can't be... I mean, did, did Jason Todd die again? So we get to Batman 649. Red Hood is kind of just laying there. Batman is a wreck. He can't believe what he just saw. And Black Mask is kind of like trying to compose himself. So then Batman comes in and punches Black Mask. But then uh, he comes in, he goes, all right, time to check this out, see who you are. So Black Mask takes off the red hood, and it's not Jason Todd. And then Batman screams, not him. And Black Mask goes, what do you mean, not him? And then this voice on an intercom goes, Oh, I invited him. I figured you guys needed some catching up. The night's just filled with reunions. And we see Jason Todd, again, is with the Joker in his hideout. And he's holding a knife to the Joker's throat. And Joker finally sees his face and he goes, Didn't I kill you? We said, He says, We've been over this before. He goes, Yes, but I'd like hearing it. Because that's just how the Joker is. So then uh, Batman knows that the Red Hood's mask is getting ready to blow. And because Black Mask is like, this thing's getting hotter. So he ends up tossing Red Red Hood's mask away and saves Black Mask. like, yikes, what's going on here? And he goes, how did Red Hood contact you to be here anyway? He goes, well, my first lieutenant had a cell phone stuffed in his mouth. and And he called me and he told me where to be. And he said, he offered you a deal, didn't he? He goes, yeah, that worked out well. He's been playing me just like he's been playing you. So... Red Hood is actually watching all this go on. And he has uh, Joker cornered and everything. And uh, Joker figured out who he was. And he's just doing his Joker thing. Red Hood starts stabbing him again. Just beating him to a bloody pulp. And he says, you know what? I know a secret. A good one. And then Joker's like, I know. I love secrets. He goes, you're not as crazy as you'd like everyone to believe you are. Even as crazy as you'd like yourself to believe. It's just been easier to justify every sick, monstrous thing that you've ever done when you play the part of the mad clown. You're crazy, but you're not that crazy. And we see Joker kind of like just stop and sulk his head. He's like, ah, maybe he is right. So Batman gets out of the building that just kind of blew up, and Black Mask is like, are you taking care of this? What are you doing? Batman gets in the Batmobile and takes off. And he's like, okay, you can find me at the birthplace of our first meeting. So he goes to the alley that Jason Todd took the wheels off the Batmobile. Batman knew right where to go. So they instantly start fighting. But just as that fight happens, he tells Batman to look up. And there's a plane going over to a neighboring town of Gotham City called Bloodhaven. It's where Nightwing at the time had set up his shop and was taking uh, Being a Hero over in Bloodhaven. And we see the society drops out of a plane, the bad guy, Chemo. It's an animate vessel of chemical compounds, like a living bomb. Chemo drops out of the plane onto Bloodhaven, and Bloodhaven explodes in like two of those, like nuclear chemical fire. So Batman is immediately thinking Dick Grayson's dead. And Red Hood's going, oh my god, was Nightwing there? Imagine that. One son returns from the grave, and the other one enters it. What a fitting end this has become. We get to issue 650 of Batman. He's still reeling from it because the cloud is still hanging over Bloodhaven, just totally just annihilated. And he goes, if he's there, Bruce, you're too late, because Batman was getting ready to try and go save him. So he tries to go save him, but uh, Red Hood stops him, blows a, puts a bomb right in front of him. He goes, no, you're not leaving now, not this time. And he goes, Jason, please. And he goes, no, you have to be there. No, you have to be here right now. So we see Joker tied up with a bunch of bonds going on. It sounds like they're having fun up there. And uh, Batman and Red Hood are just getting ready to have, like, the final battle. Uh, He goes, do you think I look scared, Bruce? I am not. And then Batman's doing, like, this inner monologue. He wants me to fight my way out. I won't disappoint him. So they get pretty heavy into a fight, uh... They just are going rooftop to rooftop, and they end up breaking into the building where Joker is being held. And Batman kind of throws him off of a balcony, puts like this uh, fire uh, on his coat and everything with all of his toys in his jacket. And he ends up breaking into the room where Joker is right next to him. So Batman comes in. This ends tonight. And he starts wailing on him. He's just like, this is over. Knocks him completely to the ground. And he goes, I know I failed you, but I tried to save you. I'm trying to save you now. He goes, is that what you think this is about? You're letting me die? I don't know what clouds your judgment more your guilt or your antiquated sense of morality. I forgive you for not saving me, but why on God's earth? Now, this is in the animated movie, too, so this is, really, this is the part. Why is he still alive? And he kicks open the door, and Joker's there. And he goes, oh, this is great. Everyone's back together. We need some pictures and everything. And uh, he's just, like, ignoring what he's done in the past, blindly, stupidly disregarding the entire graveyard he's filled, the thousands who have suffered, the friends he's crippled. Barbara Gordon, obviously from Killing Joke. I thought, I thought killing me, that I'd be the last person you'd ever let him hurt. If, and it had been me who had seen you beaten to a bloody mess, and if it had been you that he left in agony, and if he had taken you from this world. I would have done nothing but search the planet for this pathetic pile of death-worshipping garbage and end him off this world. He goes, you don't understand, Jason. I don't think you ever understood. He goes, what, your moral code just won't allow it? It won't, it'll cross the line? He goes, no, it would be too easy. If I, all I've ever wanted to do is kill him. Years. I have always wanted to do this, but I, I want him dead more than anything. But if I allow myself to go to that place... I will go there and never come back. He goes, why? I'm not asking you to kill anything. I'm not talking about killing Cobblepot or Scarecrow or Calais Flaise or Riddler or Dent. I'm talking about just him and doing it because because he took me away from you. And Batman's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. So Jason tosses him a gun Goes, this time you decide. If you won't kill him, I will. And if you want to stop me, you have to kill me. So Batman's like, stop this right now. He goes, you're going to have to shoot me right in the face, or it's me or the Joker. And Batman goes, put the gun down. I'm not going to do it. So Joker, uh, he ca- counts down, five, four, three, two, one. But Batman throws a batarang, knocks him into the back of the neck, knocks him unconscious. And uh, Joker's just like, huh, everybody still loses because the bomb's getting ready to go off because he has a bomb in the building. And he tries to go for Jason Todd. And he goes, nope, you're not doing this. I'm the only one that's going to get what I want here. So Batman tries to go out of the building, but it's too late. Joker takes a gun and shoots at the explosives before they go off. And Batman jumps out of the building just in time. He's going through the rubble, and he is looking for Jason Todd. But Jason Todd is not there, or the Joker. This is the end of that story. But then we go to Batman Annual 25. We go to see how he became the Red Hood, what happened. uh, For those of you that listened to the Death in the Family episode, uh, Joker severely beat Jason Todd, damaged him, and then right before Jason could get out of a building that had his mom in as well, Joker blew up the building and that's how Jason Todd died. Batman kind of buried in everything, but it shows what happened to make him come back. Uh, Superman was at this fractal point of reality. like uh, It was during one of the big infinite crises or, or one of the crises that were going on. And Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman were trying to save everything. Things were uh, changed differently. And when Batman set things right in one world, it kinda of shows the last page of what would have happened if people voted to keep Jason Todd alive. And it's a, a little it's a world where Jason Todd didn't die. Now there was like some residual energy from Superman closing this portal where all these realities were coinciding, and some of the residual energy came into their reality and reawoke and reanimated Jason Todd. It had been six months after he died, and Jason Todd woke up but he was in the coffin. So he gets really scared and everything, and he manages to scrape open the coffin and crawl out of the ground. But he's still, like, his mind is just, like, a zombified. He's walking in the middle of the street, and a car pulls over, and he uh, collapses into these people's arms, and he says, Bruce. So they bring him to the hospital, and he's obviously a John Doe. Nobody can hear anything. Now... Because he worked with Batman, anybody that's associated with Batman, Alfred, Bruce Wayne, any of the Robins, they have no fingerprints, they have no traces online, they have no recognizable everything. They can't find anything on this guy at all. And the cops are trying to figure out what's going on. They show all of his injuries, he's been beaten with some kind of metal pipe, cracked his skull, shattered his sternum, collapsed lung, 40 other fractures and everything. Uh, they can't find him anywhere because uh, Bruce Wayne uh, has taken all of their records away from Earth. So they searched a ten mile radius to find out anything resembling a grave or a hole but they didn't go a little bit further because there's a, uh, a cemetery keeper who sees a hole right outside of Jason Todd's uh, uh, casket or his uh, tomb and he shovels it back together and because they're like, huh, grave robbers, weird. So we see Jason wake up and run out of the hospital. They kept him in, like, a convalescent home. He's been there for a year. He gets up, finally wakes up out of a coma, and he just walks out of there. And that kind of shows the security in Gotham City, uh, <laughs> because obviously they can't keep any of the inmates in Arkham Asylum. But Jason Todd manages to wake up out of a coma a year after being a convalescent home, and just walks right out. He steals some clothes, gets something to eat, and he kind of falls asleep in an alley, and a uh, couple of guys try and uh, wail on him, but he's instinctively, I mean, he was Robin, so he instinctively gets them all, takes them out, and he's kind of having flashbacks of what's going on. But somebody in the alley is watching, and they call somebody and go, I swear, it's got to be him. He goes, if you're even remotely right, I know who might be interested in it, and if it is him, it's going to cost you. He goes, okay, they'll pay. When you see what happened, and they end up being Talia Agul, like Ra's Agul's daughter. So we see that Ra's al Ghul took Jason Todd, brought him in. Now this is totally unknown to Batman. Talia and Ra's try and get him to kind of wake up or whatever. And we see Ra's al Ghul go into one of the Lazarus pits to rejuvenate himself at the time. And Talia's like, well, can we we do something? Can we put him in a Lazarus pit and wake him up? And he goes, no, it's against everything. I say, you are not going to put him in there. Uh, He will be cared for and kept protected and sheltered out of respect for his mentor and his present caretaker. He goes, Talia, do not disobey me with this. So Roz goes into the Lazarus pit like he was going to rejuvenate and everything. Talia brings Jason Todd. He goes, okay, then we're going to see what happens here. So she throws Jason Todd into the Lazarus pit, and we see Jason kind of rejuvenate all of his memories. He remembers everything. Roz gets out, and she's like, okay, come with me now. And he goes, what's happening to me? Roz comes out of it, too, and he goes, you deceitful child, you've spurned your father. So Talia takes Jason away from the premises and runs. She goes, okay, you need to go find Bruce. Tell him the truth. And He goes, you remain unavenged. You need to go do this. So Talia ends up uh, throwing him off of a cliff and says, go, I'll take care of Roz. So we see Jason, he's in Europe, and he manages to start finding things. He finds Jason, Todd's birth certificate, all these different things. And that's when he starts getting angry because he sees that after all that time, he still remained unavenged. What Talia meant is because Batman didn't take care of the Joker. He's getting more and more mad because he's seeing Joker's return to police custody. Batman returns in the police custody. So Jason took it upon himself to start learning how to do things the way Batman did. Uh, he starts going to martial artists and everything, uh, getting uh, into Wayne tech and everything, and starts uh, building this amassed fortune and everything, where he ends up doing the takeover of Wayne Enterprises and everything through other means. And then we see him talking to Hush. He goes, okay, I can help you. This is uh, this is what you're going to do. And then they see the first few scenes of when uh, Jason and Batman fight during the Hush storyline so then after all of that storyline goes jason goes back to his lair and uh, he's looking at all these things about the joker he grabs one piece of paper off and it says the red hood crime spree continues and that was what joker was originally the red hood before he became the joker and he goes okay this is what i'm going to do so this concludes under the red hood it's the amazing return of jason todd after this there's a lot of different things that happen um they do eventually cross paths again and i'm not going to ruin it for you if you want to start following batman and start reading about all this you're certainly welcome to if speaking of that if you need some help finding any of these issues you can always email me brythecomicbookguy at gmail.com you can reach out to me on instagram any social media and uh, i'm going to let you know now it's building up to the year anniversary. It's been a year almost since I've done this. There's only 12 more episodes to go. And um, I'm going to be building up to our year anniversary. I'm still not quite sure what I'm going to do with that yet. But the next bunch of episodes are going to be Marvel-related. That's going to kind of mirror the Marvel movies leading up to Infinity War. But the next few episodes are going to be The Return of Thanos. It was a Silver Surfer run. Jim Starlin did an amazing job. and. It was a lead-up and reintroduction of all of the main characters that brought into play in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. So we're gonna go uh, Return of Thanos, which will probably be a couple episodes, and then we're gonna do Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade. It's a trilogy of just all the heroes coming together, and if you've never read source material, you're in for a treat, you get to see what Marvel was doing with the movies on how they got... The idea from the comics to do this, because the return of Thanos leads in, it's a bunch of Silver Server issues where all these cosmic things are going on, Thanos returns, all the big characters come back that have been gone for a while, and we even get to see, in something that's a two-parter called the Thanos Quest that's part of that uh, storyline, where we actually get to see who Thanos got the Infinity Gems from, because it's different from the movies, but it still mirrors the movies on how everything led up. The Infinity Conflict. So that's just where I'm going to leave you with that. Join us next week for part one, Return of Madness. Until then, thanks for listening.